Let's see if this will let me start recording. Oh, there it goes. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> we'll start my backups. Oh, excuse me. That's a good way to start, isn't it? Yeah. High energy. <laughs> High energy. I feel like that's going to be the... That's why I chose the topic. Because I feel like it'll get us high energy, even if we don't have the energy. We can, because we can rage. Yeah, we can rage about it. It's gonna be a ragey episode. It's gonna be ragey, <laughs> but yeah. So um, I guess with that, that's good preamble. I think it's a good place for all of us to to start. Oh goodness! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dance Robot Dance, episode one hundred and twenty-three. Um. Today, I will be your host. My name is Christy, if you don't know me. And if you do, you probably are more comfortable with me slipping into strange accents. <laughs> Today, we've got our crew back. Yay! It's been two weeks. Been a few weeks, yeah. Yeah, we had a really solid run of, for a long time of us all being here. And then, through no fault of anyone's, um, it ends up that Mark was once again the... <laughs> the stalwart. The stalwart. held us strong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Tim and I both had to take our respective breaks, but we are back. Sorry I missed you last week, but gave the guys their time to uh, chat about Canadian music icons, and I think that was pretty damn well received. Yeah, it had been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had been. And we did get a lot of comments on that Facebook yeah, page, so you thank did. you everybody for doing that. That was awesome. So in saying that, we do have Mark with us. You just heard him speak. Say hi, Mark. Hello, everybody. And we also have Tim. Say hi, Tim. Good afternoon, evening. I don't really know what day it is for reasons I'll get to shortly. <laughs> We're all a little upside down, I think. But uh, well, I'm, I'm no more, no more or less upside down than I usually Mark's am. Mark's so always like, upside I, down. Yeah, basically. Um, but that's how I, that's normal for me. So I feel like I'm I'm okay right now. Yeah, relatively speaking, yeah. relative to you two, anyway. I I liked your messages yesterday. When we were, excuse me, I had an idea. Oh my goodness. I had an idea for a topic, and we're going to do it in the next few months, probably. Mark raised a good point, but he was so super stoned. <laughs> that, he wasn't um, sure if he was raising a like, good point or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, does this make yeah, sense? This is good, I don't know. I think it was more that, like, when I said it, I was like, this is not helpful in context <laughs> right now, is what I was trying to get at. I don't know if I expressed that particularly well in my extremely hazy state last night. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I bought a Pax, mm. like one of those little vaporizers. Oh, no. And it does good work. It does good fucking work. <laughs> I got to tell you. Uh, oh, so, geez. Yeah, still adapting. Still adapting to that high. So, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, Tim was up late last night for his yes. own reasons. Actually, Tim was up late this morning. <laughs> it was up late all weekend. That that will be my geek of the week. So I don't want to. I don't want to spoil okay. that. We'll get there. We'll get there. But yes, okay. So uh, why don't we just jump right in, guys? We'll uh, we'll get right into the news. I've told the guys because of our topic this week, we're just going to keep the news nice and short. Um, just talk about big things that happened this week, such as the fact that Into the Spider Verse dropped and it is blowing up theaters. It's got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes and is like just soaring high above everyone's expectations, which were already pretty jazzed so boys why don't you speak to that how do you feel about it you're the spider spider boys how do you feel about it <laughs> spider boys spider boys spider boys yeah uh i mean i'm pumped i, I, I haven't never a spider 
I haven't seen it yet, but um, yeah, all the chatter I've seen about it so far looks really positive. So uh, yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to catch, but I'm excited. Like this is not really something that we've seen in a long time is like an animated movie that's geared towards, you know, wider age range than kind of just kids. So if Disney Marvel can, well, I guess, no, this is, this is Fox. This is oh, Sony. No, purely okay. Sony. Um, yeah. I, they must have some Marvel thing because they're using Miles and Gwen. Like there's got to be some back and forth yeah. between them, but I don't know. Yeah. But like as far as I know right now, it's a Sony yeah. picture. Hence why the uh, the extended little bit was at the end right, of Venom, right. uh, which was legitimately the best part mm-hmm. of that movie. So, but yeah, I'm pumped. And if they can make a whole sort of uh, universe around this, and you know, make it make it sort of a a more maybe family oriented uh, movie universe that's based around the spider characters, then I think that could be cool. Yeah, and like yeah, Tim said, like we haven't seen it yet. I don't think it's actually out. Out. I think it's been previewed for people. Like that's yeah, there's been pre screenings. Yeah, so that's where the reviews are coming from. Uh, I don't think the public can see it yet, unless they can. There's some weird spot in the states you can see it, but I'm unaware of it being out anywhere. Oh, because I saw it on the Geeks with Kids page. Eric had gone, but it didn't have a title for the screening. So that's probably yeah, he, why. he must have got an advanced screening. Yeah. Oh, well done, Eric. Um, but they are, because it's getting such good buzz so far, they've already started looking at doing a Spider-Gwen movie after this with the uh, showrunners behind the uh, Voltron Legendary Defender series, which I haven't seen, but I've also heard a lot of good things about that. I've heard good things about that, too. It's not Voltron was never one of my things, so mm-hmm. I kind of didn't go for it. But yeah, no, I'm excited for this movie. Like, I'm it's basically the most exciting thing happening in December right now. So yeah, I'm going to have trouble. Like there's a few things that I need to see. Cause I still need to see the second fantastic beast movie, regardless of, Ugh. yeah, regardless of that. Uh, and uh, I'm definitely going to want to see Aquaman as well. So, and with mm-hmm. all the other stuff going on this time of year, it's going to be tricky to try and find the time to get in the movie theaters for all those. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a sneak out after work kind of uh, yep. movie going, I think to catch those whatever yeah those two are definitely like high on my list of priorities like aquaman and this like i want to see them both so i'll get out and see them that's it though it's not like we got a star wars right like they're not yeah that's a really it for the holiday season this year there's no bond there's no star wars movie so it's basically just like spider-verse and uh and aquaman and uh uh deadpool ever after well yeah yeah, but like (laughs) i mean i'll run out and see that but like not dying to see i've heard good things though like apparently it's cut kind of interestingly so it, it reads more like because the comic book character is PG, like they always have to keep that in mind too. Mm-hmm. So it apparently it plays more like an like a an issue of the book than anything else. Like lots of bleeping and this, that, and the other mm-hmm. things. I'm like that sounds like it'll be entertaining enough. So nice. Yeah, it'll be a fun. It'll be a fun romp. Yeah, it'll be a little distraction. I mean, we've seen the story, so we know it ends. Just like how are they going to make this PG thirteen? Because like we saw that and it was not. It would have been a difficult cut to do PG thirteen. I think so. Yeah. But what a fun job for an editing team. Like, oh, to yeah, be absolutely. able like, as a project. to sit down. Yeah. Be like, okay, guys, we know you're good editors, and we're giving you this challenge. Make Deadpool <laughs> PG-13. <laughs> yeah. Like, impossible. I'd be in. I'd be, that sounds like fun. I'd be, oh, that'd yeah. be a fun challenge to play. Sorry. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? It would just be... It would be a blast, because you'd be like, all right, here we go. Guys, let's yeah, sit exactly. down. Let's figure this out. Let's storyboard. Exactly. Especially because they're taking existing, like, very rated R footage and, like, cutting it down to PG. Yeah. Like, that's it's an interesting challenge. So, cool. And, like, super rated R. Not just, like, oh, yeah. regular rated R. We're talking, like, ballin' rated yeah. R. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, every every possible reason for an R rating is in that movie, except for like excessive nudity. Yeah. I think so. Like, well, there then. there is there is yeah. tiny uh, Deadpool penis. There is tiny dick in there. That's true. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Only momentarily, but it is in there. But regardless, like I feel like that'll be a good time. But uh, yeah, uh, it's mostly what I wanted to bring up was that, you know, the fact that Into the Spider-Verse and uh, has gotten these killer ratings. And we've also got these amazing ratings from, you know, the new Spider-Man game. So I just thought it'd be an interesting little conversation around the idea that Mark was talking about yesterday, that people, it proves that people really do love Spider-Man, even if we have a couple shit movies, what you just really need with Spider-Man is a solid story and the people will come. Yeah, man. Spidey's one of those characters. He's like that. He's Marvel's universal character. You know what I mean? You can kind of put him in front of any audience and he kind of works. And if you write it well, you get the bigger audience. And we were looking, uh, it's funny because Tim posted in our group chat, like a little uh, Rotten Tomato meter of like the Spider-Man movies that have come out. And we were, I mean, we were shocked at how high Spider-Man 3 was rated. It's like 63%. Oh I was like, no, that does not work. Um, <laughs> but like, you can see that like, even the first two movies, which I don't particularly care for, like they've not aged well, they're decent enough stories that they get reviewed pretty well. And then like, even amazing, the first amazing Spider-Man did pretty it was, well. Critically. It was good. And like, obviously Homecoming and stuff like that. So it's basically just like, if you've got an awesome character that like the world loves, if you just don't treat it shittily people will come out and pay money to watch stories yeah. with that character. So yeah. Like, like Peter Parker's is one of the like predominantly aggressively. So relatable characters. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Like Spider-Man's super relatable, especially when you take out that Peter Parker aspect and you realize like anybody can be under the hood. Like that's the beauty of the miles yeah. Morales character. Like miles Morales, yeah. Spider-Man character is that it can be anybody under the hood. Like yeah. anybody yeah. can be under that cowl. It's not like Batman is clearly a white guy. Cause you can see his face, but like spider's completely covered. It can be anybody under there, and that's super like easy to relate to as a viewer. Really accessible character. Yeah. yeah. So, yep, this is exactly the way Stan designed him. So there you go. An homage. I'm happy that the first film to come out after his death of his character, especially, was so well received. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially one that he hot like obviously Spider Man's like very was very important to Stan. Like it's very much the centerpiece of his creative oeuvre kind of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool to see like it continued to be still be like super relevant. Uh, and it was important to him. Like that's one of the last things he said to one of his buds who worked on Spider-Man, like was take good care of my boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, legendary comic book writer, Roy Thomas was the yeah. guy who he talked to. So like, like that man's career is almost as accolade heavy as stands himself. So yeah. like he's been around for, and has worked for fucking ever worked for both sides. Of yeah. The aisle. He's worked for every side of the aisle. Sure. Like, I think he's done some indie stuff too, that like yeah. ended up in image and stuff later. So Yeah. Yeah, he's a talented guy. So, but yeah, definitely, it's nice to see Spidey being taken care of properly, at least it, now in the MCU and in the animated world. So it's cool. I'm yeah. excited, excited for the movie. But yeah, so that that's about Spider Man. I'm excited to see what happens and when we can actually take it in. We'll probably do a review of it. And when I say probably, I mean absolutely, we will. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably do a review of that one. <laughs> but yeah, and besides that, I'm just trying to think. If there was anything else about that I wanted to talk about, I don't think so. Yeah, so the next bit of news that we're going to be talking about... Actually, I do want to talk about Fantastic Beasts really quick. Did you guys see it yet? Want either of you? Not yet, no. no. Terrible. <laughs> Is it bad? Like, uh, bad, bad? Made, there were some parts that weren't terrible. You know what wasn't and really surprised me? Was Johnny Depp's performance. Oh, you didn't hate it? I didn't hate it. Hmm. There were moments that I was furious, but I mean... You guys know me. That doesn't take a time. No, not really. <laughs> um, uh, 
I think out of the three of us, you're the one who's most quickly to uh, most likely to fly off the handle at something that you're angry at in media usually. So yeah, and and I usually I'm forgiving. I am forgiving of something around Harry Pottery. Okay. Like I'm I'm a I'm not a Harry Potter purist all the time. I'm like okay, I can I can forgive these uh these crimes. Like this is okay. <laughs> so the fact that you're using the word crimes <laughs> makes it sound like it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. Like there are things that. I understand that J.K. Rowling has done and will continue to do. Like, that's that's fine. But I think with this in particular, I will say that it's... What's so bad about it is they try to stick in, like, a gajillion plot points. Just a million plot points. That's what I've heard is it's is it's a real fucking middle movie. There's just a huge amount of exposition and it's not necessarily like justified. Wait, are they making another one? Is there a third one coming? There's five, There's of, five, five now. of these fucking movies. Five? Yeah. What? They oh, have expanded right. it. They've expanded the universe. <sighs> and it and that's something that makes me angry. I'm just I like I mean, I get it though. Like I get I get I get that they want to they're franchising like, it. It's franchising. Yeah. franchising it. Well, they don't have anything else right now, especially with the way the the DC movies are like hit or miss. Like they're not sure how they're going to perform. Like this is their cash cow franchise that they are absolutely certain will do well. So and even it's starting to yes. eat its own tail a bit. The problem yeah. is though. Yeah, a little bit. So five movies though, like and I don't, partially right, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so how are these coming out then? Are they like once a year now for the foreseeable future? Is that how these movies are coming out or? I, I yeah I guess so okay but it just makes me frustrated because it's just like uh, I mean if you have five movies then what the hell were you doing with this next movie's 2020 so they're coming out every two years I hope they take something away from the response of this film and start like recutting because if uh, JK Rowling was like don't worry I've got it all set out but she ruined like the the film ruined a lot of the characters because they were so focused on including everyone yeah. that they didn't do a good job of focusing or making it anything like resemble like everything was cut down to absolutely must haves and needs on each individual character's part. Mm. And it just wasn't very good. And I've had it I've heard it had some real glaring continuity errors as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's at the end, okay, this was pretty funny. I was sitting with my mark and watching it. And I just looked, as soon as this big reveal comes out at the end, I was like, I went, no, <laughs> no, no, like out loud in the theater. <laughs> like, I was so I'm sure Mark, angry. I'm sure Mark was looking around like, I don't know her. I'm not with her. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just like, I just couldn't help myself. I'm just sitting there being like, no. So you did that no. in public? Like, you did that no. in public? You should really. Yeah. You should really Absolutely be nicer to do. Mark. Like, you should do something nice for him. That's <laughs> fucking mortifying. No, I was, uh, I wasn't the only one. I think so- someone like two seats down was like, right, thank you. And I was just like, no. Oh, good. The Harry Potter dorks just came out and forced to that screening. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that sounds. It made me yeah, well, furious. That's okay. But anyway, we don't have to talk about it anymore. You guys will see it. That will be enough. Eventually eventually but yeah so now let's uh let's talk about what was the other thing i want to talk about oh right um <sighs> they canceled daredevil i'm so sorry boys. Mother f- 
fucking fuck after spot. such a good fucking season, and I get why they're well, doing you know it. Why. I know, and it's not Netflix. Oh, no, we all know why. It's Disney trying to you know pull all their shit back in and under one umbrella, and I don't know. My hope is that this stuff ends up showing back up on the Disney streaming service, but apparently they've said there's not going to be like anything like R rated or whatever. And this is definitely an R rated fucking series with all the, they own Hulu now too. They can't not Disney has to let that go. They, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the, the production team now are like sort of starting to say goodbye to the series and the character and stuff. So I think that it probably is final, which is, yeah. Which uh, I really hope they do something like there are certain actors that I'm like, if you're going to recast them at this point, like I'm going to feel like I'm going to be a little upset with you for recasting some of these characters. This if they go and do it real quickly and be like, hey, we have a new Daredevil. I'm like, fuck that. Like Charlie Cox was in the middle of what should have been like another three year run. Mm -hmm. So what the fuck are you guys doing? Like get Charlie Cox to come back unless there's some weird contract thing where they just like legit can't get him to come back. But. Disney's got so much money, they can yeah. do whatever they want, right? So, like, really giving up Charlie Cox and Kristen Ritter as those two characters, like, that's a dumb fucking move. Like, a dumb move. Well, and then, obviously, Jones? like... Sorry. Well, Jessica Jones has still got... So, like, right now, Punisher and Jessica Jones still have seasons in production that are going to come out this year. Or, sorry, I think... In and then years. they'll get canceled. And then they'll yeah. get canceled. Yeah, exactly. It's been, we've been saying that in the chat for weeks, right? Like, yeah. they'll get shit canned as soon as those... They're not going to cancel them before the show comes out and get everybody to be like, well, fuck that. I'm not watching it. Not yet. Yeah. So they're not going to say anything, even though we all know it's going to about to be canceled. We'll all watch it anyway. And then in Jessica Jones case, if it's as good as season two, probably be kind of happy that it's going away. And then Punisher season two, if it's as good as season one, be like, well, you guys fucked up because you had Punisher and Daredevil on really good runs and you canceled mm-hmm. both of them. Good job. Now we're losing those actors, too, because like John Bernthal is also an amazing fucking yeah. Frank Castle. So, hey, well- and we're like Wilson Fisk, like you're gonna lose Vincent oh. D'Onofrio, like yeah. There's yeah, there's no way that they keep Jessica Jones and Punisher around if they just axe Daredevil after yeah. that season. Yeah, Daredevil's basically the premier show. Like that was the centerpiece yeah. of that whole franchise. So like, yeah, if you cancel that, the other shows are fucking just waiting to die now. So yeah, and that's the saddest part is that who's going? I mean, everybody's still going to watch and everybody's still going to partake, but it's a pretty devastating blow to your fans to be like yeah you really love this series right right it was so good this was the best daredevil yet <laughs> it's canceled though yeah. fuck you <laughs> like yeah. oh disney executives i just see like mickey mouse as the south park version of himself now basically yeah that's <laughs> kind of uh that's how i've kind of viewed him since the marvel takeover really yeah so it's just been like yeah not as nice as everybody wants them to think they are but i don't know i know but for right now, we don't know. We can still hope. We don't know. Probably unlikely. We'll probably end up with some like 12-year-old playing Daredevil or something like that. It's really upsetting it's to so me. Weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if they're not going to bring Charlie Cox back, that they just need to leave. They need to leave all those characters alone for a while. Yeah. yeah. If they're not going to bring those those Marvel Netflix characters. Actors. Yeah. Actors back. Yeah. At, least, Agreed. Agreed. at least they ended on a like positive note for Daredevil. Yeah. I guess there's that. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't phenomenal. It was kind of like happy-go-lucky, oh, look, everything's fine. But... Yeah, it was like return to status quo, which I guess the show kind of needed, but uh, it's still disappointing to see, like, that much drama for that season and enough stuff that they really could have pulled in for another season. Like, they had Bullseye set up with, like, whatever his spine was going to be made out of and, like, Fisk is still around. And, like, they'd set up Typhoid Mary in 
uh, Iron mm-hmm. Fist season two, which yeah. would have been a great pullover because like that race itself have Fisk hire her to kill Karen. Bullseye gets pissed off about it. And then Daredevil's got to stop the two of them tearing up the city. That's like half a season's worth of material right there. And I just mm-hmm. gave it to you. So easy. And then you give Foggy cancer like they do in the comics. And it's like, guess what? You got a whole season right there. Done. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Cancer. Yeah. Sad. I know, but we never know, right? We don't know. Until we know. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. Because, <laughs> like, they could they could just make a huge announcement. Like, Disney could do it over Christmas and be like, hey, guys, guess what? But, I mean, or they could do it next year, right? They, like, have all these production meetings and decide that, the you know, this is exactly what they wanted. They wanted the fans to be frothing at the mouth for these uh, characters. And that's how they introduced their new their new thing they're like well if you like them so much you'll come watch them on this new setup that we have because that would be the that would be the smart thing to do i mean like i think that disney plus thing is basically sold for everybody already so i mean it's not it wouldn't hurt like telling me that daredevil was going to reappear on that service was would not hurt their, their chances of getting me to sign up but they're getting all this marvel stuff anyway i have to sign up there's a loki show happening with tom hiddleston how can i not sign up for that I know. The Scarlet Witch series they finally came out and said is going to have Vision on it as well now. Oh Please. shit, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. yeah, you got like we got to see that and if by some stroke of luck we end up with Charlie Cox back as Daredevil on that streaming service too. Hey, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth, but right now I'm sad. Yeah. Right now I'm just sad. Oh yeah. So You're entitled to your sadness. Yeah. It's pretty devastating. Yeah. So don't let that stop you from watching Daredevil season three if you haven't though, because no quality fucking TV right there. Probably like the best season of TV I've watched so far this year. So yeah, it was here? pretty up there. Yeah, it's pretty good. So like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I was pretty excited for it. So obviously, we've been talking about it for like three weeks now. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Well, I think that's about all the news I really wanted to talk about. Unless you guys had stuff that was like a burning desire. A burning desire? Is that like <laughs> we got the clap or something like that? <laughs> I mean, that you do. That's <laughs> The only ones I saw were, did you guys see these Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures shorts that no. uh, got released this week? So they're <clears throat> these animated shorts that Disney's had made that use the same, like, basically all the same sound from, like, ori- like the original Star Wars movies. I think looks like there might be, like, one from each mo- each of the, like, original six movies, but they've animated and put like so it's not like the whole movie but it's like some classic segments of them and put animation over them i think it's kind of like to start getting kids into star wars kind of thing like because you know maybe some scenes that might be a little too intense for kids if they were seeing them live action though the animation looks really cool though cool i'll have to take a look that sounds Um, awesome yeah they they came out on a new star wars kids youtube channel mark did you see that good go ahead well, I was going to say, it's a good direction for the franchise to go in. Because, like, obviously, catering to the old people, like the uh, the established fans, not working out super yeah. well for them. So maybe go to the kids who aren't going to be shitty for another five or six yeah, years. Yeah, instead of trying to appeal oh, to the, yeah, the jaded asshole fans. Yeah, like, let's stop doing, like, as soon as you hit high school, they shouldn't be, you shouldn't be trying to cater to them anymore. Like, fuck them. Like, get the kids in. Yeah. Do that. Like, I don't know, like, what else to say about the Star Wars franchise right now. Yeah. Everything that's come out the last little while, like, I, I mean, I didn't like The Last Jedi that much, but like, I liked Solo, I loved Rogue One, like, all this stuff has been working for me. One movie didn't work for me out of four that they put mm-hmm. out, and I'm like, so I'm like, all right, so you 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 missed one mark, sucks, but guess what? There's another movie coming out. Yeah. 
but like the vitriol that comes out of that corner of like <sighs> fandom the internet is just yeah. like i just i'm like i don't even want to deal with it so when i see threads in like our movies or whatever i'm like yep down vote i don't want to see this shit anymore yeah i don't fucking care about the last jedi anymore that was two goddamn years ago yeah fuck off anyway <laughs> i can't believe it's still talked about it will oh, be forever. it's going to be one of those yeah super divisive ones that like the phantom menace all over again <sighs> wow yeah i think i think time has ruled on phantom menace for the most part but Mark, oh, <laughs> Mark, did you see that uh, all of Buffy, Angel, and Firefly are streamable on Facebook now? What for real? Yeah, all you can stream all of what? Buffy, Angel, and Firefly for free on Facebook Watch. Oh, I mean, like, oh no, is Facebook going to have its? Well, own? they already have like their own streaming thing, right? But but it's it's for like you know like Facebook like series like social media series mostly kind of thing. Like I watch the Try Guys on Facebook. That kind of thing. I don't watch them on like YouTube. Oh, yeah, they are. They're yeah. funny. But yeah, now apparently you can stream all of Joss's stuff. Well, just these three series on uh, on Facebook Watch for free. I mean, I have it on DVD already. And like, that's not a fucking site that's like easily accessible through a media player right now. So like, unless they start putting apps out for PlayStation. Yeah. Like, why? 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 <laughs> Besides, isn't Facebook getting shut down or some shit? Like, we should probably shouldn't talk about it too much. We use it podcast but like it looks like zuckerberg's gonna end up in jail next year so yeah. like what are you talking about all this all this all the, uh cambridge analytica and the russia stuff like yeah. they ignored there's a fucking wacky story this week about like a facebook engineer ignoring like millions of fucking information requests from a russian server and just uh, them completely ignoring it like just yeah just being like yeah fine we got pinged by like 150 million times by a russian server looking for data like doing data uh Scraping. Data scrapes, yeah. Data scraping, yeah, and uh, nobody did anything about it at Facebook, so shit's looking kind of weird yeah. for Facebook right now. But honestly, I hope that it gets like some some sort of repercussion. Yeah, there has to be more regulation. I do too, it. but we'll see what happens. But yeah, there was, uh, and there was a big like yeah, tribunal really or something like that that got called where they specifically asked Zuckerberg to come, and he didn't. He just sent some other executive yeah. to go, and yeah. Anyways, yeah, there's um, sorry, no, all that I heard with the end of the article was just there's a brain drain going on at Facebook too. Like people are just fucking jumping ship left, right, and center. Like all the high end engineers are just like, no, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to somebody who's less conspicuously evil, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, not Google, obviously, because they're having the same problem. But like somebody else, I guess, and people are just kind of walking away. So yeah, interesting times. Be really interesting if Facebook went the way yeah. of MySpace. You know what I mean? Like whoever that guy who owned MySpace was, it'd just be like, yeah, you fuckers. Yeah, fuckers. It was time. I got you. Long game. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I th- I'm pretty fucking pumped for. Apparently, there's going to be an Adult Swim Blade Runner 2049 anime. I saw that. That looks awesome. series. Oh yeah. my yeah, god. It's those. Uh, you see the shorts before the movie came out? Like, yeah. About this. So, yeah. Some of the They're on the Blu-ray. Yeah, the anime shorts were really. Well, I mean, all the shorts are really good, but the anime shorts, like, if they're going to do anything like that, it could be really, really cool. It's going to be called Blade Runner Black Lotus. I am fucking in for more Blade Runner every time. Yeah. So, yeah. And then one I'm not quite as excited about, but this is a flip side. This is an anime becoming live action. Netflix is making a live action Cowboy Bebop series. Ooh, we got to get Paul on to talk about that because he's probably upset. I bet you he's... He posted something about it. Yeah, I bet you he woke up when you said that and started screaming. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, what is this? Your Cowboy Bebop? It's a very, very popular anime series. Like, very popular. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if somebody were, if you were to go to somebody and say, like, name, you know, the like three anime series that I should watch, like Cowboy Bebop would be in there. Yeah. Generally speaking, Cowboy Bebop's very, like, highly regarded. It's usually that and Naruto are the ones that people are like, you've never seen that? And I'm like, no, I don't care. So, no, don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I got too much comic book shit to watch that I'm not watching. I'm not going to start some weird Japanese thing now. It's not happening. Yeah not happening but i just thought i would bring it up because it is somewhat within our wheelhouse or adjacent to our wheelhouse well they just did death note too right like Death Note was a big anime yeah and that one apparently it did not go over well well. (laughs) like i don't know what what that idea is but whatever yeah either way netflix you go the way it is like i can subscribe once they cancel stranger things i guess because like house of cards this year was dog shit so like was it really oh yeah that's the season without kevin spacey i mean i understand like what the situation was but Whew, not good not good <laughs> i really like robin wright pen but like holy shit yeah it was bad oh uh, well it's the last one at least they got to yeah finish it off kind of thing even though i would have rather have seen like the end of the story they wanted to do like i know like all that mitigating circumstance was in the way but like it's so unsatisfying to just whatever anyway let's move on okay yeah that was that was all i had to all right well i think that that's lots of news so then, why don't we move right on to our Geek of the Week? Geek, 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 geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Nice. Good. Good sting. Good sting, everybody. Good sting. Um, so, <laughs> good job, Mark. Good job, Mark. So good. Every week, you're just you're welcome. So into it. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk. This is the segment where we talk about the geekiest things that we did this week. And boy, do I have something geeky to tell you guys about when we get there. But let's start with Mark. Mark, why don't you tell us about the geekiest thing you did? Uh, oh man, I did a bunch of geeky shit this week. I've been spending a lot of time on my own stone. So lots of geeky things are happening. But uh, I think the first thing, like it was Black Friday this week or Cyber Monday, I guess. And uh, I took brought some money home from Vegas because I did what Tim and I talked about. I think it was Tim and I who talked about this. Just like slow gaming fucking blackjack for a couple hours until you can kind of accrue yeah. some cash. I kind of did that while I was down there and brought some money home. So I did a little Black Friday shopping. So I've got my Xbox that I've upgraded, but I don't have the TV yet. So it's not really, there's no point to the Xbox having all this power when I can't <laughs> show it anywhere. Um, but it, So you got the Xbox that can output 4K, like 4K, yeah, yeah, but you can't, but I don't, you don't I don't have 4K TV not yet. Not Thursday, so it's it's on order. It's coming. <laughs> um, so that was my Vegas nice. spending was uh, taking that and like, so I bought all that stuff. And because I didn't have my 4K TV, I was like, well, I'm not going to start playing Red Dead properly yet because I'm going to hold off, obviously, and have 4K for that. But I so I replayed Ghostbusters again and uh, still a good game. A lot of fun. You should uh, if you haven't played it, go play it. I would recommend it. I've I've watched Mark play it a few times yeah. and it's pretty great. Yeah, it's fun. It's like and like it's one of those games. It's like Symphony of the Night where I can blast through it kind of in like between four and six hours kind of thing if I'm like paying attention and doing stuff. But it's just fun. You can run around. It's Ghostbuster Simulator. It's like playing the Batman games. It's just like you get the proton pack, you get the PKE meter, you get to run around, yeah. trap ghosts and shit. Peter like Venkman's there for most of the game, giving you shit because you're a rookie. It's great. So if you if you have the means, I would definitely recommend going and playing it. But that was what I did kind of this weekend was just like I'm waiting for the TV to play proper video games on. So I was like, I'll play an old one for now. And uh, yeah, do that. fair. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, that's my geek of the week. Uh, next week I will report more fully, hopefully, on Red Dead and 4K with HDR because nice. that sounds like. <laughs> uh, I haven't. Yeah, 
You know how I know that's a really good game, besides all of the reviews and constant discussion about it, is the... Um, Mark hasn't spoken to you in two weeks? No, it hasn't even come into the store yet. Yeah, I was I was kind of expecting that. People actually, are yeah. not trading it in. Yeah. Well, it's like, a, I've, I've seen like estimates where it's like Witcher length, where it's like hundreds of hours of content if you really want to get into it. And I'm like, well, that's quite the commitment, but it's fucking Red Dead, oh, so I am in, like 100% in. That first game was... My, one of my best experiences, like last gen and the PS3 X, like 360 generation, I loved the shit out of Red Dead. So much so that when it went backwards compatible, I played it again from start to finish on the one when I got my first one, whenever yeah. that was like two or three years ago. Um, yeah. And that, even that was fucking awesome. So I'm assuming this new one's going to be mind blowing, but I'm just now I'm just waiting for the TV to show up so I can play a proper. Yeah. Goddamn it, so. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, apparently it's just out of this world mm-hmm. levels are good yeah so i'm stoked like i'm like, that's that's my like whatever little christmas vacation i get this year because i'll be working through the the christmas break uh will be spent trying to see family i guess but <laughs> any spare time will be like yeah it's fucking red dead time guys let's let's kill some outlaws let's do this thing ride a horse yep. baby yeah yep yep ride a horse you know uh try to um... or, or, kill a bunch of them actually because actually save a horse ride a <laughs> yeah. cowboy yeah um it's also raids yeah. I was saying to my friend Mike, actually, he does um, a podcast. Uh, he listens to us a lot, actually, and he, he comments. He's he's great. Shout out to Michael. He does a podcast on like wildlife and how we can be better to our animal companions kind of thing. And he educates and talks about all kinds of really cool stuff to do with um, the environment and how we can be more sustainable and blah, blah, blah. So he his podcast is called the Defender Radio Podcast. And yeah, it's awesome. And he's awesome. And what was my point about it? Something about Red Dead. We were talking about Red Dead. Right, I used to right, talk right, about right. animals, which like ruins my buzz, I guess. No, no, let me, let me. T- so the reason I brought that up is because he was saying, uh, and I think this is actually a good idea, because there are a lot of activists out there and you have to do a lot of hunting and trapping in Red Dead. It might be kind of interesting if you could have an option for people who are just not interested in that to turn it off. Oh, you know? yeah. Just like turn off trapping. Like you can, if you want it to be a part of the missions and like everything, you could totally, totally make it a part. But if you genuinely were turned off by that kind of thing, because that's one of the reasons he hasn't played it yet. Like there's just an option for Rockstar to just be like, yeah, okay, off. You don't have to participate. Yeah, they'll probably, they'll, they argue it's like an immersion breaking thing and like blah, 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 blah. So, eh, eh. I just think it'd be interesting if there was a choice there. You yeah, know what I, mean, I mean, like you can kind of, I don't remember having to like actually do the trapping missions in the first Red Dead. I think like it was kind of like a trophy slash kind of thing. I don't know. But like, again, it's been a couple of years since I played it. So I do not know. But hey, man, that's his thing. Mm-hmm. All the power to him. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But anyway, uh, Tim, why don't you tell us your Geek of the Week? Oh, God. Uh, my Geek of the Week is the reason I'm like half out of it right now is that uh, this was the weekend of... Uh, my and Alicia's annual Middle Earth movie marathon, which I don't know, we've been doing for five, like I don't know, five or six years, something like that now. And now, yeah, we do it with. Uh, I know I've talked about it on the podcast before. We've put out a bonus episode recorded during it when during which I was very drunk a couple of years ago. Very drunk. Oh yes, that was two, two years, years ago. Yeah, now was, was it two years ago? Yeah, that was our our first year. Yeah, and so we this year we did it like. Just because sort of the way everybody's schedules worked out. Last year we did it over the Thanksgiving weekend. So we did like the Hobbit movies one day and then the Lord of the Rings movies the next day and like took a break in between. This year we were like, nope, we're just going to do all six movies, extended versions, like back to back, 21 hours straight. 
So we started yesterday at noon and went until about 9 a.m. this morning. How can you even see right now? That's what my question is. Well, uh, as soon as we finished, we slept all day. And uh, yeah, so, but it was a lot of fun. We had pretty good attendance and I did like a whole like Hobbit meal plan this year. So like in between each of the movies. Oh, yeah. So we had like, we did like luncheon right at the start and then afternoon tea and then dinner and then supper and then breakfast and then second breakfast. Second breakfast was at 5 a.m. in between Two Towers and Return of the King. And it was like just Totino's pizza rolls that I'd shoved in the fucking oven because that was about all that I was able to <laughs> like do at that point. Nice. Oh yeah. my god. For uh, audience edification, the episode between there's a bonus episode between episode 22 and 23, which I didn't even re- I did thought it was last year. I didn't realize it was this far back into uh, yeah. into the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, it is like definitely like our, this is like our first six yeah. months basically. Yeah, it was like our just uh, like December, December yeah. 2016. Yeah, so yeah. it was December 2016 where that episode was. And yeah, it is uh, it's Tim's yelling and he's drunk. It's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, is he yeah, I don't know if it's two and a half hours funny, but like Chrissy does show up about halfway through and just like re- starts reacting to what's going on. And it's fucking funny. <laughs> like I really, like, I remember cutting it and laughing just because like the first half is just me like letting Tim, just giving Tim all the rope he possibly needs to hang himself and everybody in the room with him. Yeah. And then Christy shows up and she's just like, I'm just going to like code, goad him into being worse than he already is. Like, it's fucking funny. So go back and give that a little like quick scrub through. I think it would be it's pretty entertaining. You can hear my wife hitting me for getting Tolkien things wrong. Things wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which always happens. But no, it was a, it was a good year for it. It was a lot of fun. And it's just, it's a nice like, break it's a nice like hey let's just disconnect from everything the world although we do like stream it all online and shit yeah yeah because i checked in for like half an hour on twitch uh late last night before i kind of went back to doing nothing because that's what i did last night so ain't nothing wrong with little nothing uh, i had to compliment him on his glorious full beard while he was flipping dvds right into the camera so it was kind of fun good times mm-hmm. yeah Ooh. it was fun fun time so yeah and so now i'm like fucking half asleep still because like i tried to sleep all day but it wasn't great sleep and now i'm yeah just here just kind (laughs) of existing luckily i took tomorrow off work just to you know kind of clean up and stuff and i was gonna ask if you'd taken an extra day because uh i don't know if i would go back to a regular work schedule after a weekend like that that would be uh yeah although i guess i did like go right back to work the day after we flew in from atlanta which was a harrowing experience too so yeah well i did the same thing for vegas like i came home on like the monday and then like went right back to work on tuesday morning so that next weekend is always like i'm not doing anything y'all can fuck yourselves smoke a lot of weed and do my laundry which i have 48 loads now so So that was my weekend christy come on solid weekend though Mm -hmm. sorry Uh, what he was talking i know i'm just giving you a hard time (laughs) so my my weekend, well, something I've started doing, I don't think I've told you guys this, is I started into a D&D campaign for the first time. Oh, no. Mm. Yeah. So last year, or last year, last week, we did character building, and I created a character, and I was kind of goaded, and now I'm very happy that I was goaded, into being a bard. So I am a half-elf named Fenriel, who is a bard. And that's the most appropriate, like least role playing role you could possibly have in a D and D campaign. Well, I have an English accent. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, real pushing, just pushing real hard there. That's nice. I know, I know, I'm working real hard. (laughs) But uh, Mark is playing with me, and it's like our improv buddies. So it's all like improv guys just doing D and D, and it's been awesome. (laughs) Like it is. You guys should stream this. This sounds funny. Well, they've actually, um, they already, Sean, who is one of the runners, has two podcasts out called Alba Salix, and then the other is called, and it's in the Alba Salix universe, it's called The End of Times and Other Bothers. Cool. And it's real good, and they do D&D improv kind of thing, so we'll see what happens, but I feel like it, yeah, it's just like a solid good time of just playing D&D together. Nice. We still need to get that episode going with with uh, Jason. Jason. Yeah, but some someday we'll work out the logistics of that where we do our yeah. own campaign. But it was just yeah, it's it's nice to just kind of I I've never really done that before, so it's just been like a solid good time. Nice, nice. Yeah, but that was my geek of the week, and uh, I got so into it today. But anyway, we are now moving on to the coveted meat of the episode. Spoiled imitation meat. Oh, I love it. Call it soy. (laughs) (laughs) Soy, soy meat, tofu meat. Yeah, soy, tofu meat. Textured vegetable protein. A pale imitation of meat. Pale imitation meat. (laughs) But yes, so if you can't tell from our jaunty title, what we're going to be talking about today is the worst, what's the word? You said adaptations. Adaptations. Thank you. The worst adaptations that we've seen of uh, our various favorite fandoms and uh, movies to book or books to movies, and just why? Why were they they so bad? What made them so so bad? Now I have limited the boys to two each. That is my. Uh, I've said that we can probably do like this episode four or five more times and uh, we don't need to get more ragey than necessary. So we are each going to have two movies to talk about that we thought and it doesn't have to be universally. So we can just talk about why we think the, these in particular are just uh, absolutely awful, terrible, like garbage piles of crap. So I think that about covers the preamble for this. So why don't we start with an, why was our Tim? Tim, why don't you give us your first option? Uh, well, my first, I just watched them yesterday. Uh, and it is, <laughs> I knew this was coming. It's the Hobbit movies. Yeah. And what? No. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like them overall. They do have a lot of great stuff in them. And I'm ultimately glad that they exist. But for every great bit of content in them, there seems to be an equal and opposite bit of bullshit to match it. It's everything from like that fucking like forced ass love triangle between Toriel and Keely and Legolas and really just yeah. Toriel's like entire existence. I have no problem. So for any of our listeners that don't know the story of why there was just this random elf female elf character, it's that Fran Walsh and Philippa Boyens, who were two of the screenwriters were basically wanted to put in another female character. And I'm like, okay, fine. Tolkien doesn't have a lot of great female characters or doesn't have a lot of female characters, period. So sure, you know, I can understand you want there to be a little bit better representation, but it just was not a good addition. (laughs) Like, it could have been done way better. Yeah, just and Legolas just being there, period, when he's definitely not in the fucking books and 
then repeatedly defying physics, just fucking flipping off oh physics God. left and right, like walking along fucking rocks that are actively falling and like some fucking Super Mario physics bullshit and so many some like that i always felt like some of that was present with legolas in the original movies too like it absolutely was like, yeah but it wasn't terrible because like as an elf he would have some light-footedness you know what i mean like yeah. he would have some you know defying of the odds because of magic but it was just obnoxious it's just over the top in the hobbit movies yeah and we i mean we always call out like the lord of the rings bit at uh, helm's deep where he like surfs down that staircase Ugh. on the fucking shield like there's definitely bits of that in the lord of the rings movies but it's a lot fewer and a lot like you know there's big gaps between it so it's not quite as jarring yeah yeah i remember uh, but i mean speaking of that too like, go ahead go well, ahead christy oh i was just going to say the Hobbit movies are the only ones that I've ever fallen asleep in in the theater. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I fell asleep during the final battle of the third Hobbit movie. Oh, Battle of the Five Armies. Yeah, it, it yeah. drags way the fuck on. And <laughs> the problem is, I like the extended versions are actually better because the stuff that they put in is pretty compelling. Like, it's not just more of like the stupid, like, Peter Jackson just showing absolutely no restraint with effects in CGI and just like jerking off all over the fucking movie because he can because like hey I couldn't do this like you know 10 or whatever 10 or 15 years ago when I made the Lord of the Rings movies so now I'm going to do even more of it to make up for it and yeah like those long drawn out battle scenes just they don't have any like emotional or they have little to no like emotional weight to them like a lot of the big battle scenes do in the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm -hmm. No, it's so true. Yeah. And fucking like just so many other like shit that's that they changed that there's really no reason for them to have done it. Like Azog still being alive in the Hobbit when he actually like died well before, like he should, Thorin should have been facing off against Olg, his son in the Hobbit movies, fucking Alfred, that, piece of shit useless character that's like the master of lake towns assistant that is just another just terribly fucking written annoying gross character that's mm -hmm. does nothing good yeah but i mean if you if if any of our listeners have never watched the extended versions of the hobbit movies i'd recommend you do it at least once because there is a lot of good stuff in there that was not in the theatrical cuts they put a lot of stuff cool stuff back in which is kind of like from the appendices of Lord of the Rings, but it's uh, like stuff at Dol Guldur with the necromancer and a really fucking cool battle scene with Galadriel, Saramond, and Elrond against the Ringwraiths and the necromancer at Dol Guldur, like trying to save Gandalf. And it's a mm -hmm. really fucking awesome scene. And I'm really like, I don't understand why they would have cut that out of the theatrical, but instead of like, there, yeah. yeah, there's also just the fact that like, it's it is part of the compendium, but I think if they just kept it to two movies, it would have been so good. Yeah, without all this excess battle shit, it didn't need to be three. The book is only like not even a third of the length of the first Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and I mean, I th there's I I'm glad that they brought some of the stuff in, like from the. Uh, appendices lord of the rings appendices and stuff like that because it's cool stuff that probably never would have gotten filmed and seen like put up on a silver screen without these movies yeah. 
but there's definitely other stuff that I think, yeah, they could have taken out. Like, I, I don't, I don't think some of the battle scenes could have been cut, cut down. I think that like you could have cut out all of Toriel's bullshit and like all, God. yeah, all that love triangle could have gone. And yeah. And, and I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think with that, even if you do keep in a lot of the sort of stuff that wasn't necessarily in the book, but that is in his, in Tolkien's writing somewhere kind of thing, there still could have been, two solid movies in that maybe not as even even in that case maybe still not as good as the lord of the rings movies but much better than what we got it just would have been i'll say it again it just would have been tighter yeah yeah which i feel like is the the main issue here is that it was it was sad how much was added that just wasn't so unnecessary yeah and it would have been uh, another couple hours less of uh liver damage that i would be doing to myself on an annual basis that is true yep that's very true (laughs) i've never like sat i've only sat through the hobbit movies once i don't know if i would ever do it i mean unless i did a marathon like i was at one of the marathons i don't know if i would ever do it again because like I don't know. I just didn't care. And like, I remember getting to Lord of the Rings, like starting to watch the actual Lord of the Rings movies and being like, oh man, everything feels right in these movies. What was going on in those other movies? Like it just never felt like cohesive the way those, like the, the original trilogy did. So I don't know. know. I'm like, it's it's one of those, like, I'm glad they're there, I guess. Like, I don't really ever need to see them again. So eh. yeah. Yeah. And I can understand where people are coming from in that, those respects. Yeah. It's just, yeah, they're just too too much. They needed an editor mm. that they did not have. Yeah, very true. But yeah, no, I think that's that's fair. And you know, I'd be interested to see if there were some of our listeners actually in, enjoyed them as much as the uh, originals. I'll never say more because <laughs> come on. But I think there could end up being like a Star Wars sort of generational thing where maybe people that yeah uh, the first ones that they saw were the Hobbit movies could potentially end up liking them more or just as much or something like that than the uh, yeah lord of the rings like they're it definitely is geared to a somewhat younger audience for the most part yeah so i think i think there could be a a bit of a yeah like maybe millennials or something like that well i guess younger millennials kind of thing or uh gen zers or whatever might uh, uh might be more yeah i don't know it'll be interesting i'm rambling yeah, that's okay. Rambling is a, is a part of this podcast. So, Mark, why don't you tell us uh, your first one? Um, my first one is also is is a book, and it is uh, the Queen of the Damned adaptation that came out in like two thousand and three. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys have ever seen it. It is a cinematic abortion of the First Order. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's aggressive. Yeah, that is an aggressive way to talk about that. Yeah, like rusty coat hook uh, abortion, like back alley kind of. Thing. Uh, Whoa! Uh, all right. Wow. Yeah, that was a little graphic. I'm sorry, but uh, it's real bad. It's basically so it's two five to seven hundred page novels jammed into one two hour movie, and like nothing from the books. Like it's funny that we're talking about this because like I just was talking about the soundtrack for this movie with Paul sometime during last week. For some reason, the soundtrack of this movie came up. And I don't know if you guys remember that either, but the soundtrack of this movie. So like the plot of the movie or the book too. This is the Aaliyah one, wasn't it? It was the Aaliyah one. Yeah. And I was going to yeah. talk about Aaliyah later, but like the, the, the story confused. of it is Lestat wakes up in 1984 in the book. Oh, all right. No. And becomes a rock star. Well, in the movie, they transplant that to 2003. So instead of becoming like a very nondescript novel rock star where like, you don't really know anything about what the actual music sounds like or whatever. They're like, you know, what's super popular right now. 
new metal. So we're going to make Lestat basically the front man for corn. What? The movie gets worse from there. Like, I know I've seen this, yeah. but I've had blacked it out like until now. It's all coming rushing back, unfortunately. It's, it's interesting talking about it because I haven't seen it since it came out. And like all I did was rage for like an hour after the movie came out. And like I was it's it's so bad, like so bad. And I understand people are like hit or miss on Anne Rice stuff. So like if it's up your alley, then like this movie will infuriate you. And if it's not, you're just gonna be like, what are these baffling gay vampire things? What is happening? I don't know what's going on. But the movie's like completely nonsensical. Like there's no plot anymore because they're just jamming trying to jam so many ideas from the books into the movie that like any semblance of a story or like any through line for like the queen, like Aliyah's character, Akasha, who's like the queen mm-hmm. of the dam, like the original vampire is completely gone. So she's just this hot girl in a weird outfit vamping for the camera. <laughs> vamping. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> but so it's like the, the plot and Paul, Paul described it great. It's like the movie's nonsensical. Something, something rock star Lestat, something, something ancient Egypt, something, something blood sex, the end. Like that's basically the movie where like him becoming a rock star supposedly wakes up Akasha from like a century or millennia long slumber. His um, music. She, it was his uh, music. Yeah, yeah, his music. It was his music. That's expo- That's what the story is supposed to be. Beautiful new metal. Yeah. So and exactly right. So it's now the queen of the dam. So this vampire queen decides to wake up because Jonathan Davis music. <laughs> no, like I don't mind corn, but like, no, not at all happening. <laughs> and then it's like, it's just a bunch of pale people talking to each other at that point. And you don't know who any of them are because you don't have any con. They, they give you no context for who any of the characters are. They cut characters out of the book that are super important. They leave people in there and just kind of like lip service them as like, Oh, that's the stats mom that he turned into a vampire. But we have no time to tell you why that happened. Or like the original guy from Interview with a Vampire, Louis, like Brad Pitt's character yeah. from that movie. He's supposed to be in there too. Um, and he is, and they say him by name. They don't do anything with him. He's just there. And it's Oh, you mean you mean Lewis? Yeah, Lewis, exactly. What? Yeah, I'm a stupid That's what they call him? <laughs> well, no, I don't think they say that in this movie. I have to I did not rewatch it because I was just like, I'm not rewatching this. There's no fucking way. I'll just bitch about it and then move on with my life. I was, I've been rereading the books via Audible mm-hmm. kind of thing. And the interview with the vampire, the first one that I got was not Audible. It was like an older reading of it. And I think I talked about it on the podcast where like it's two Frenchmen talking to each other. And like as a Frenchman, like a Frenchman calling a Frenchman named Louis Louis is the most discombobulating thing in the history of time. And it goes on for the entire novel. Jesus. So I was just like, this sucks so fucking bad. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, so, like, Anne Rice adaptations are difficult. I understand that. But, God damn, this movie. I'll never forgive it. And I'm sure if we ever have Paul on again, we just bring it up to him so that he can bitch about how they treated Aaliyah for, like, probably half an hour. That was, like, the last movie she made before she died, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it's the only movie I think she made. Well, no, she was in that weird Jet Li movie, too, was she not? Oh. Something like Yeah. She was in two movies, but I think this was the last one that before she passed. Yeah. yeah. So... It was, uh, yeah, sad because like she's a talented girl. Those are, those albums, her albums are great. We're going to be doing one on side A, side B very shortly. She's a favorite of Paul's, but whew, yeah, this movie and like the surrounding soundtrack, it all made money, which was the funny part. Like it did okay. I remember the soundtrack being very popular, and I was just like, yeah, I owned it. Like I bought it, and I think I liked it at the time. And like I was listening to it this week, and like Paul and I are talking about it being like, what the fuck is going on? It's like. <laughs> It's not even like they got interesting people from like that scene to like sing. It's like Wayne Static, David Draymond, and Chester Bennington. And I'm like this. Why do I like? 
you, they couldn't have got Zach DeLaRocca or Chino or somebody who's actually got like some kind of chops talent. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I mean, Draymond's pretty good, but like disturbed is kind of hit like they're an acquired taste and Wayne static and Chester Bennington. I mean, rest in peace, Chester, I guess, but like I was not a fan. So yeah, rough. Yeah. But so the soundtrack's bad and weird. And then like, if you've read the books, the movies, like it's kind of like you're seeing snippets from the books, but there's no context for any of it. You're just seeing shit happen. And you're like, oh, I guess I kind of understand this because I've read the books. But to anybody else, it's like a two hour just like nightmare of pale people. And like Stuart Townsend plays the stat with about, I'm going to say like one one hundredth the personality that Tom Cruise played him <laughs> in an interview of the vampire, which isn't saying much because I'm not super fond of the Tom Cruise performance. Yeah, but at least he's performing. Yeah. He's doing something. He makes a choice. This guy just like, I'm supposed to be pretty and sleepwalk my way through this movie. Not really Lestat style. Lestat's kind of like a man of action, does shit. This guy just whimpers around and like broods at people and stuff. It's fucking horrendous. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, I remember sitting down and watching this movie and just being like, well, at least I have the books because I'm never watching this piece of shit. Yeah. Again. Fuck my life. I'm actually like, now that they're doing the TV show, I'm like, I hope they do it right. If they're going to, if they're going to do the rock star thing, I hope they tackle it in the right way. Cause it's a tricky thing to do, especially if they want to move it into like modern times. Like how do you do a rock star in 2018? They don't really exist anymore like that way. So I'm hoping they keep it dated to the eighties and let him do like a Bowie meets guns and roses thing and just call it a day. Uh, if they're going to do that story at all, but either way, what I'm saying is wait for the TV adaptation. Cause it's at least got Anne Rice's involvement. So it might be okay. Do not watch queen of the damned unless you were just in for like, if you're into like watching bad movies for bad movie's sake, watch it, go for it. <laughs> but like, if not spare yourself the agony, unless That's you're like another episode. What's that? <laughs> Bad movies for the sake of bad oh, movies. Oh, yeah. Masters, like of our favorite bad movies. <laughs> Masters of the Universe, baby. It's a terrible movie. I've watched it oh, every year. <laughs> that's know. Queen of the Damned. I remember that poster being yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it got marketed like crazy. Yeah, I have that poster. Like when I was working at the movie theater when it came out, so I snagged the poster. I think I gave it to Paul because it had a Lee on it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a waste now that I think yeah. about it. It looks really good in that poster. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it's a nightmare. Like it's a, yeah. and not a, like a fun, like a vampire's attacking you kind of nightmare. And it's just like, this movie fucking blows. Why did I waste? Well, nothing. I forgot past this, but like <laughs> in theory, 10 bucks to sit there and watch it when like, I don't think anybody else should have. So <laughs> yeah, I remember people being super fucking disappointed about that. Fuck. I was crushed. Yeah. Especially cause like, I didn't like love interview with the vampire, but I was like, it was pretty good. Like, good enough that if they'd done a sequel where, like, Tom Cruise was the stat for, like, another couple movies, I would have been like, all right, I could watch these. Like, because the production quality held up. Like, it, it, yeah. was, it, it was a decent production. Like, it held together nicely as a production. But, like, this other movie. I hope everybody that worked on this movie never worked again. That's basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and I don't think any of them really did. Well, Aaliyah didn't. Well, yeah. Boom. Ouch. That's rough. <laughs> we're in a burp. Yeah. That's... <laughs> But that was the thing, right? That was part of it. Why it was so upsetting with Interview with the Vampire is that Interview with the Vampire it was a d- yeah, I decent it. I, movie. Like, I still enjoy it. Yeah, it I did, like, like I said, well, after I finished the book, I I did rewatch that one. Like I went back and was like, oh, I haven't seen that in like ten years. I'll rewatch it, and I was like, oh, this is still like it's still watchable. It's one of the better vampire movies it is. that we've had yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I know what like Antonio Banderas is about twenty five years too old to be playing Armand. But oh, that's fine. Who cares? He is sexy. That's as hell. the thing too, right? Like all, like it is the gayest movie of all time. Like there are so many hot dudes in that movie. <laughs> like so many hot dudes. And Paul describes it perfectly. I really wish he was on this episode because he loved this shit. 
but he would just be like, it's like the original murder husbands. Like they're just the handsomest gay murdering duo of all time. And I'm like, it's true, man. It's true. I never really thought about it when I was reading those books, but it is very, very true. They are like murder husbands. It's kind of, yeah. Anyway, don't go see Queen of the Damned. Don't bother yourself with it. Read the book. Listen to the audio book. It's on Audible, actually. That was a pretty good. Simon Vance. Look for that guy. The other guy. Whew, he's no good. But yeah, that's how I would do it. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you had that terrible experience. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Well, I guess my first one. You know what? This one really still hurts me because it wasn't again this some people might be like eh, i don't know but for me it was harry potter and the goblet of fire i've heard it that was one before. just mm-hmm. a mess just a mess of a film and like i have my reservations about the harry potter movies in general i did not enjoy daniel radcliffe's performances on rewatch i thought he was really stiff what about michael gambon i don't even want to talk about Michael Gambon. We had that discussion. Yeah. We don't need to look at our, uh, our Harry Potter episode from a month or so, a couple months ago. But that's part of it. Yeah, that was part of it. Was his Did you put your name in the cover of fire? I was like, this movie's ruined for me now. Like that from that moment, it was just not hashtag not my Harry Potter. Um, but uh, it was just not a movie that I was invested in. That took me out of it hundred percent. The Dumbledore was totally wrong and i was just like some of the effects were cool and some of the things they did you know were kind of interesting but the fact they removed dobby and then didn't reintroduce him until the final like until deathly hollows Mm -hmm. part one was a huge mistake because he played a pivotal role uh for harry in um the goblet of fire but also because goblet of fire was my absolute favorite book before i reread half-blood prince when i was an adult and so that happening for me was just devastating. Like it was the freaking worst. And there was just a lot about it that was just what bad. What did Dob do in just, uh, Goblet of Fire in the book? So in the book, what he did is he was the one who got Harry the gillyweed. Mm. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. A lot of people forgot about it because it wasn't in the fucking yeah, movie. I gotta reread those books at some point. Like they are like... I think I might do the Audible thing for those two and just like cut through them. Oh, get the Stephen, Stephen yeah, Fry? the Stephen yeah, Fry versions. The Fry. They're not. A, are they abridged though? Because I will not listen to an abridged version. I don't care nope. who fucking narrates nope. it. They are not abridged. There's. It was just. It was just disappointing, especially because like as a as a fan, when they cut out someone like Dobby, who and they cut out Winky, they cut out Ludo Bagman from that, who was the game master. And behind a lot of the plot choices around, like, uh, the, I don't know. It was just, it was so rushed and it was so just not Harry Potter to me because it was the first time I was watching the film and I was just like, what the, what is happening? Because, like, yeah, like I said, they cut out a ton of characters. They, d- you know, just destroyed Barty Crouch, even though it was David Tennant and he was fantastic. Remember? Because that was David Tennant. Yep. That's right. It is David Tennant, too. They barely use him in that movie. No. Well, I mean, they he's barely use him. He's in disguise most of the fucking movie. I think we talked about this. This is pre Doctor Who, though, right? So it's like, yeah. it was like massively famous yeah. in the States yet. So I guess it kind of makes sense, but uh, still, David Tennant, talented dude. I know. I know. So it was just like a lot of really wasted opportunities for amazing actors and performances and like it just 
I, I felt I it, you almost felt a bit robbed watching it. You know what I mean? The adaptations of those movies, like from the books, was always I I remember reading them, and I was like I was an adult when I read them. It's like I was well in my I want to say twenties probably mm-hmm. when I started reading them. So like by then I was kind of aware of like. I mean, I'd seen Interview with the Vampire. I'm very aware of like how much shit you have to cut out of a novel to make a movie kind of thing. And those mo- those yeah. books are fucking dense. Like even for kids books, they're very they dense. So I was like, there's a lot of shit that's going to get cut out of here. They did not do a good job of doing that in that movie, no. particularly. It's definitely a series that would have benefited from Lord of the Rings treatment where like extended editions probably would have been very helpful or... Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool, like after the fact. And I'm wondering if there must be footage there where like they must have shot tons of shit while they had those kids around because those kids were working for nothing by like until like the middle of those that series. Right. They're working like, yeah, there were nobody for like the first five or six years or at least three or four years, mm-hmm. like in terms of like being able to contract them down to nothing. So like, why not just shoot as much as you can and then like maybe do a special edition in 10 years, which now that I'm saying it out loud, we're probably about two years away from giant special editions with these movies. It's true. It's true. So there you, go. you know what, though? Part of it was that I think I still stand by that now that we have Netflix, I think they would do really well with the Netflix treatment. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying like, with, like they had those original movies like worth the material to recut. Then go for, like, why would they not do that? And I'm sure they probably do because everybody was doing that kind of thing around that time. Because that's when the Rings movies happened, right? Like they were, they were kind of contemporary. Yeah. Maybe they thought about it. Maybe they didn't. Who knows? At least, like from three on, they definitely all need extended editions. Like I would have been, I would have watched an extended edition of all those movies from like the third one going forward. So, yeah, um, maybe not. You know, Deathly Hollows because we did get two movies out of that it's one. It's already book. pretty long. Yeah, but uh, the rest of them like could have probably used like two and a half, three hour long treatments that like, later would have been more entertaining to like kind of sit down and watch like in shifts. Not like a fucking marathon like Tim did this weekend, like a crazy person, but like just, you know, <laughs> I'm going to watch half this movie and then go to bed and then watch the other half tomorrow kind of thing. Like truly like a Netflix series, I guess. So, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. So anyway. That's a problematic adaptation. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. That was a rough one. It uh, broke my heart in a lot of ways, if I'm being honest. There were so many times I was just like, but, but why? Yeah. Especially after that third one was pretty good. Like they didn't, they did a really good job of like cutting that one down, I thought. It was very disappointing to see what the, the fourth one was. Prisoner of Azkaban was was enjoyable for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I agree. Like I like Azkaban. I mean Gary Oldman. Yeah, I'll fucking watch anything he's in. So he's that kind of works for me. But like, yeah, exactly. Um, I know. I was just thinking about like we got to cover the Dark Knight movies at some point. And I was mm-hmm. like, I just want to talk about Gary Oldman playing Commissioner Gordon for like an hour because he's so good. He was uh, an amazing anyway. Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, so like just Gary Oldman in general, like that's always going to bring up for me. And there's a lot of him in the third one and not a lot of him in the fourth one. So, yeah, like, yeah, the fourth one out of all of those movies is probably the adaptation that suffers the worst from like getting cut down from the book. Because I feel like the other ones, they kind of got it back under control a little bit. better. I mean, it's better than the fourth one. Like the fourth one's kind of a nightmare. So, yeah, everything was better than the fourth one. Literally everything was better than the fourth one. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yep. So that is, uh, that's mine. So let's, let's circle back. Let's go to Tim. All right. My next one is to be fair, something that I think is almost unadaptable. Uh, it's the 1984 version of Dune that David Lynch directed. Yeah, I, I, I figured Dune was going to come up too with you for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, you're right. Um, great fucking book. Uh, that movie's, I don't even know like what to say about it. It's just, it's a mess. So, yeah. So, I mean, I read Dune when I was 
probably like in my late teens, like 17, 18, something like that. And then was like blown away by it. I was like, this is fucking amazing. And I've never read anything like this before. It's, you know, got really different elements than most sci-fi, really cool. And then I found out there was a movie version. I was like, fuck, awesome. I need to go get that. And so I like went and rented it and watched it. And was like, this is not, does not capture the hardly anything of like, the you know grandeur of the fucking book like that book just is so like dense and layered and intricate that i think the only way that you could reasonably adapt it is if you either made it into multiple movies sort of like a la kill bill or if you do it as like a mini series the mini series that the sci-fi channel did in 2000 was actually pretty pretty yeah. good it's not a perfect adaptation but it's for 2000, it's pretty impressive. And also for like a TV, like a TV movie kind of, or whatever miniseries version of it, like the budget was obviously going to be restrictive. And that, if you could adapt that book in a way that would be very visually insane, uh, if mm. you went into it, mm-hmm. and they don't, obviously, because TV budgets, but I'm still holding out hope for that. Yeah. Is it Denny Villeneuve supposed to be doing? Uh, yeah, I think so. Led, legendary yeah. Pictures, I think, now yeah. has the right to it. And they, I think Denny Villeneuve is. That's supposed to be what he's we'll working see, on. We'll see. I mean, if anybody could pull it off, like a lot of dense storytelling like that with those visuals, like it's, he's basically the only person I can think of right now who could do it. So like that's, yeah. he's got that going for him, but it's still like, that's a lot. That's a big fucking lift to uh, pull off. You know what I mean? So I don't always like, I'm yeah. curious about him right now where I'm like, do you want to take on that big a lift after like, like Blade Runner was obviously critically acclaimed and like every people loved Blade Runner 2049, but it didn't do great. And he took a lot of shit for that. So I'm wondering what his mind, his yeah. headspace is like, do I really want to take on another giant sci-fi like monstrosity epic right now? No. So mm-hmm. who knows? I feel like, I feel like he's not necessarily there because he wants to make movies that make a lot of money. I feel like he's more like an artiste kind of thing. Like I want to make good movies, not necessarily, you know, successful movies. I would hope so. Um, unfortunately, you don't get to make good movies unless you make successful yeah. movies. With. I hope so. Cause like, I like his stuff and like, I loved Blade Runner and like, to, would like to see that guy's vision continue to be like used in Hollywood kind of thing. Cause Holy shit. That movie is, that's a stunning little piece of visual right there. So, yeah. But I mean, that 1984 version was like one of those movies that was stuck in development hell for ages. It was originally going to be done by Jodorowsky. I can't remember the dude's first name. Alejandro Jodorowsky. Yeah. So uh, Ridley Scott also uh, was attached to it like in the 70s as well. And but it um, never ended up like for whatever reason those versions never ended up getting made. Um, if you're, if you really like Dune and you've never seen it, uh, the documentary Jodorowsky's Dune goes a lot into depth, a lot in depth into what Alejandro Jodorowsky's version was going to be, uh, and a lot of, um, really cool production art and stuff like that, or, or like, a, a production design. And, uh, it looks like it probably would have been really fucking cool, but I can't remember exactly why I think it was just creative differences or budget or whatever, that he could never get his version of it made. And so finally, Dino De Laurentiis, uh, who's the executive producer on it, hired David Lynch as a director. David Lynch, David Lynch. Like, even at the beginning, that's a weird fucking choice to make, like, for this movie, <laughs> David Lynch. Because he's just not... I mean, like, the, the narrative of Dune is difficult enough to parse without putting David Lynch in the way of it kind of thing. I don't know all else to say. It. It notoriously non-narrative. Yeah, like his, and he, he really likes to yeah, kind of play, like his narrative style is very not narrative. So 
Yeah, that's yeah. But yeah, I mean, and it's just it is a difficult story to adapt because so much of it is about like palace intrigue, religion, like consciousness expansion, oh, yeah. that kind of thing. Like that is not easy stuff to put on a screen no. in a compelling way that's going to keep the viewer like engaged with it. So I, yeah, I mean, it is it is a fucking tall ask, but I think that version failed even more than it probably could have like it it just it failed in a very spectacular way (laughs) yeah it should should have been much better than it was and it like it couldn't even like like, hit that mark like to be watchable because like it's it's a tough sit uh i know it's got his metal speedo and isn't patrick stewart in that too in like his first big role like he doesn't just show up with hair doesn't he just show up with hair uh i don't I mean, it's real rare to see Patrick Stewart with hair. I mean, it does have a pretty. I mean, Kyle McLaughlin, who is a yeah. you know, common uh, collaborator of David Lynch, plays uh, Paul Atreides. Yeah. Brad Dourif is in it. Uh, Sting, Max von Sydow. So it did have like it, and it had a massive budget for the time. It had like a forty million dollar budget or something like that. Which but is it, fucking crazy. Yeah, but it was a total fucking failure. Mm. It was just really depressing and really disappointing for me after having discovered this amazing book and this amazing story and just world that's unlike any other sci-fi world that's come before or after and to have it just the realization of it fail so spectacularly in that movie yeah agreed yeah. <laughs> well i yeah i've heard from that dune is uh pretty it's pretty uh well known how horrible it is yeah yeah it's very divisive and there's people like there are fans of that movie like people love the lynch version of that movie i'm not one of them but there are people out there who are like no that's like the definitive adaptation <sighs> of dune which i'm like you're a fucking lunatic yeah. but okay it has Whatever. like little bits and pieces of like vision in it that you're like okay if they'd gone this way and maybe that stuff that's left over from the earlier directors that were, had been on the project or something like that but or maybe it was that lynch was just like just on the cusp of getting it but couldn't quite get there for whatever reason or maybe it was studio yeah. interference like who the fuck knows but for whatever reason it just never never rose to the challenge mm. That's upsetting. Well, let's move to the next then. Uh, let's talk to Mark. Mark, what was your second film? Well, I have. I'm debating. I was debating between two things, but I'm just going to talk about the Transformers. Um, I know it's not <laughs> oh, those a robots. They're in disguise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the movies are so deeply upsetting to me as an adaptation that it uh, it really hurts every time they put one of them out. <laughs> like, like really hurts every time. And like they're teasing me right now. I know they're fucking teasing me right now with the Bumblebee because you've seen the Bumblebee stuff, right? And like everything's like G one, yeah, like, Ooh, classic, me. classic Optimus and everything. Did you see that classic Optimus? Yeah. Like Shockwave shows up looking like Shockwave, and like Starscream looks like Starscream, and like all the jets. I'm like, they got me. This is what I wanted all along, but it's still got that Michael Bay flavor to it. So yeah. I don't think it's gonna be good. But I'm gonna go see it. Fuck the other four movies though. <laughs> Holy shit! Four, like it's five now, isn't it? Well, uh Oh shit! You're right. It is five. Sorry, I I block out the last night. Like, <laughs> I block out the last night. It was a fucking dumpster fire of the first order. It is insanity how bad that that movie is. Yeah. And that's saying something because like the first movie was like watchable and has like a Spielbergy kind of like boy in his car vibe at least for the first half of it. Yeah, and then just falls apart into Michael Bay nightmare, like explosions and like, I can't tell what's happening on screen anymore. Yeah, exactly. Just really fucking terrible camera moves. And And like, like, we've got motion sickness and we've got these like robot designs that are like 
they're they're interesting in their own way but like as soon as you start moving them at like 30 frames a second in like high speed and you're bouncing them around and stuff like that it just becomes a mess of metal parts mashed together they're just not transformers yeah they're just robots at that point i'm like it looks it yeah. all these movies look like they look exactly the same as pacific rim like mm-hmm. it's the same style of like robot but it doesn't work for transformers because like the biggest problem with these movies and like <sighs> fucking sheila buff is not it He's close and it's not Mark Wahlberg either, but fuck Mark Wahlberg. It's the fact that like the Transformers aren't actually characters. Like they're barely characters in their own movie. Whereas if you're a fan of the franchise, like you like these characters, like you like the Transformers. There's not a ton of humans that get mixed up in all this stuff. When you read the comics or watch the TV shows, or like the cartoons or like any of the other ancillary media, like it's not like, when I go to buy Transformers action figures, I'm really looking for a Spike with Wiki action figure. Yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. I want a fucking Megatron or a Galvatron, like the one that's sitting next to me. Like I want like the robots. Like those are the characters that I care about. So when they move these, yeah. like, do these, they move this franchise to the movies. It's like the Transformers become supporting characters. I'm like, why am I fucking here? I'm not here to see Sheila Buff awkwardly hit on Megan Fox who doesn't even really look interested, but, you know, ends up sleeping with him because Michael Bay movie, I guess. I don't, I don't know exactly why that happens, but Optimus Prime is like, first of all, he's an asshole, which that's not Optimus Prime. I don't know. It's just a mess. And then it gets mean spirited as you go through. So like the first movie's okay. And then like the second movie's racist and like sexist and like really questionable and all of its humor. Like it's just garbage humor all the time. There's barely any transformers in it. And then they do devastator and it's like a monkey devastator that has balls. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. And, and, and that has the devastator is the one that has like big vacuum, yeah, like big mouth, garbage disposal in the yeah, middle and of it. It shits yeah. it out the back end too. Did you notice that part? That's the best part is that it poops it all out at the end. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, fucking embarrassing and i'm not even quoting the fucking coach from Letterkenny right now it's just fucking embarrassing guys like holy shit i i i i think i watched the first two and then i was like nope definitely not watching any more of these fucking garbage fires yeah i've seen them all so like the third movie what like just bafflingly they fire megan fox right because of her hitler thing yeah. like whatever that comment was that happened and they don't even really what happened again. She called Michael. She said Michael Bay works people like Hitler does. And Steven Spielberg. Was oh, like, mm, no, you're gone and made Michael Bay fire her. Uh, so that's kind of that story. I kind of get that. I mean, like I told like especially for Spielberg, who made, you know, like is a survivor of that kind of stuff or has family that was a survivor. I can't remember what the story is exactly, but like mm-hmm. he had family that was involved with the Holocaust. So like, yeah, not making jokes around that executive producer. Probably a good idea. Either way, fired her, replaced her with basically a blonde version of her yep. didn't really acknowledge that it was different and then just continued to make the same shitty movie for the third fucking time in a row, <sighs> including Leonard Nimoy in this one. So they dragged the great Leonard Nimoy into this shit because he had been the voice of Galvatron yeah. in the original franchise, like in the movie. Mm-hmm. So they bring him back and they give him this total asshole character just to get him to show up. And it was embarrassing that for was, everybody. I that say that dark. word a lot, but like these movies are really fucking bad. That's yes, Dark of the Moon. And then is that yeah, so it's Transformers. What was two? Revenge of the Fallen. Revenge of the Fallen, Dark of the Moon. The fourth one was the was Age of Extinction. That was the Dinobot. So Age of Extinction, yes. They bring the Dinobots in, no personalities, they don't transform, it sucks. Uh also this is the movie where instead of <laughs> Sheila Booth, this is where we get Mark Wahlberg. 
Yeah. And the awkward scene where Mark Wahlberg's somewhat, or his, what is it? His 17-year-old daughter's 21-year-old boyfriend spends five minutes of the movie's runtime explaining uh, Romeo and Juliet laws on screen to Mark Wahlberg <laughs> for no reason, just to justify the fact that he's 21 and she's 17 and they're still, like, fucking in this movie because Michael Bay does things. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it's, like, two hours of, like, dildo fucking Wahlberg running around being an idiot and like getting chased by even worse fucking federal agents. And like the transformers are again, barely even characters in their own movie. And then the last night they make him the chosen one because Mark Wahlberg guys, I don't know. I'm done. I can't talk about this anymore. I'm really upset now. Like I was going to say, tell us how you really feel, Mark. It was interesting how you're talking about, you know, that they, the transformers barely like have a role in these movies. Like they're, you know, they don't really have characters. Apparently in the first script treatment for the first movie, they didn't even have them talking at all. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, you know, talking robots will be, won't be believable. So yeah, that's too stupid. Was Michael yeah. Bay's uh, reaction to that. It's like talking robots are dumb. What? It hasn't been working as a franchise for like 30 years at that point. But like yeah. Michael Bay knows best. Michael Bay made the rock. Yeah. I find I that upsetting. Yeah, well, you should watch the movies and share in my. I watched the I watched the first two, and that was enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I have this like undying love for the franchise, so I will continue to go back. And it's like a like an abusive spouse almost. Where, like I just keep going back, even though I know it's going to hurting me. Yeah, but I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch this Bumblebee movie in theaters because I'm like maybe seeing G1 Optimus Prime will be enough to get me through the hump. Probably not. Like John Cena's in this well, movie. This can't it, go well. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a Michael Bay director. He's not directing it. He's producing it. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe the director's gotten enough leeway that he can just be like, yeah, fuck that guy. We're going to do some G1 style shit and I'll be really happy and have like a big nostalgia boner when I come out of it. But like, I've seen five of these fucking movies now. I'm not holding my breath. (laughs) Fair. Haley Steinfeld's pretty cute though. She is pretty awesome. And she's like, yeah, like she's super cute, but she's also like an awesome actress. So like, I'm excited to have somebody in the lead role. That isn't Mark fucking Wahlberg or she a goddamn yeah. love. Like, thank fucking God. And like, if John Cena's in a small role, fine. I can deal with John Cena in a small role. If he's a lead, that's probably going to be a problem for me. But like, actually, you know what? John Cena, he's coming into his own a little bit. I was, I was comedian. just going to say, like, I would, I would probably still take John Cena over either of the other two guys, even in the lead, because like, I at least like John Cena as a person. I don't know about his acting ability or his wrestling ability for that matter. But whew, after Mark Wahlberg, Anything, anything, guys. Anything would be better. Like, Holy shit. I didn't realize that most of these movies are like two and a half hours long. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They ain't short. They're fucking long. Oh, it's, it's, of Extinction was almost three hours. An hour yep. 40 or two hours 45. Yep. Yep. I sat through the whole thing. It was, it was bad. It was bad. They made Galvatron a fucking RV. It was, <laughs> I don't know what was that. I don't know what that was about. Let's move on before I have a fucking stroke. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I there was um, going to be rage. There was. Gonna I know. Be rage. I know. That's why I thought this would be a good topic. It's been a while since we've raged. <laughs> I'm just exhausted now. Oh, I'm so sorry. Join us on the exhausted train. Yeah, yeah. We only have me left, so don't worry. But um, my last one, you guys are probably going to laugh at because, admittedly, and I'm not used to admitting this, when I was um, a camp counselor. I tried to stay as up to date on like the books kids were reading and the different like, um, you know, like movies they were watching and stuff like that. So 
during my time as a counselor, there was certain book series that came out, the Twilight books. And um, so I started reading, I read the first one because I thought, my cousin actually gave it to gave me the second one because she thought I had read the first one. And I was like, no, I haven't, but I've been meaning to pick this up for staying up to date with the kids. And I read them and admittedly though, the writing is not great. The story was kind of fun. And I was like, okay, I can, I can read these. They're like light. You can finish them in two days. And can I interject quickly? Yeah. I've read the first book. It is the rapiest fucking thing I've ever read in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a little weird. It's pretty questionable. Like overall, um, I've never seen anything else. Like I've, I have read that first book because somebody was like, Hey, new vampire stuff. And I was like, I like vampires. I'll read this. Holy shit. Those aren't vampires. First of all, no, uh, no. Second of all, it is the rapiest fucking thing I've ever read in my life. And I've That's read a bold statement 50 Shades of Grey. That's a bold which statement. Is, which is Twilight fanfic. Yeah. Which originated as Twilight fanfic. I'm it's, just going to say that again. That's a bold statement there, Mark. <laughs> Either way, it's real bad. Real bad. I'm just saying what I've read anyway. I don't usually read well, that kind of stuff. So there it is that. But either way, the, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was for someone who reads, you know, a little bit more, I like to think that I read a little stuff, stuff that's a bit more highbrow. You know, I was trying to, I was trying to be hip, cool, you know, s- stay up with the times and what my kids were reading. Was was but, that you taking a shot at my Anne Rice, love? Is that what that was? Was that was No, twi- <laughs> Anne Rice is not Twilight. Oh, no, I, I understand that. She can write, so, so there's that. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, right? Like the book itself, the writing was Whew, not good. quite quite terrible oh yeah but the story like besides bella just being like i'm in love with boys like there was some (laughs) fun kind of like lore about it you know there's some it was it was kind of fun it was fun so when the movie was coming out i was like okay i'll I'll go see the movie you know i'm I'm a robert pattinson fan i loved him as cedric diggory and even though that movie was garbage that was the other thing that was the other thing i was pretty upset about cedric diggory he, I watch when I read the Goblet of Fire. I think I told the story. I like threw my book across the room because I didn't know how to physically be able to embody like the death of Cedric Diggory. I didn't know how to like keep it inside and not be devastated. So, in speaking to that, when they did the movie version, I was kind of like, well, I mean, at least he's cute. So, like, Cedric was okay for me. I wish he'd been in it more because he was in it more in the book. But Beggars Can't Be Choosers, blah, 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 blah. So, when Twilight came out, I was like, oh, Robert Pattinson. All right. Yeah, okay. And the movies are so bad. (laughs) They're so bad. And yet, I can't not watch them. Like, when they came out, I couldn't not see what happened. (laughs) It's kind of like you with Transformers, Mark. It's like five fucking Transformers movies. I know exactly where you're coming from right now. Yeah. My head hurts thinking about it, but I understand where you're at. Yeah. Like Transformers, though, Transformers had a good premise and like you will never like Twilight and that's fine. And I can say now as an adult woman, I enjoyed Twilight. The series was fun, but I've said that like 15 times. But I think you're trying to convince yourself, not us. It does kind of sound like you are trying to convince yourself because like, whoo. Most people I know that have read them were like, yeah, they were terrible. But like, like in a weird, I think what it is is people like them because they're like, they're terrible, but they're like smutty. Like, yeah, like trashy. Yeah, they're smutty. Yeah. So like people get into that. And then, I mean, I don't mind trashy or smutty, but like not, I don't know, teen girl trashy or smutty doesn't obviously translate super well to, you know, somebody in their late thirties. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, male? probably not. Probably not. Uh, male, late 30s. Yeah. But remember, I read them when I was like 15, 16. Yeah. So I was who they were directed at. Well, you were the target. Yeah, you were the target yeah. demo at that point. Like they were trying to get you. Yeah. So speaking to that, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm on board. But it was just no good. <laughs> and it's hard to watch or like when you're watching a movie and it's like the plot holes are just obnoxious. Yeah. When you can drive Optimus Prime through one of the plot holes, you have a problem with your plot. Yes. Yes. And it's kind of like you're watching and you're trying to make sense of what you're seeing. And you're like, how would anyone who had seen this have made sense of it if they hadn't read the books? Like what would the, what's the, what would they have done? No, what, this wouldn't make sense to anyone. Yeah. You're talking about, you're, you're describing queen of the damned right now. Also, it's just kind of funny. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I never understood like making a, a movie adaptation where you don't explain everything properly. So people are like, I should probably, I guess I need to read the book to understand what the fuck I just watched. Like that's not good movie making, right? Like, I think we can all agree no. there that that's not good movie making, but yeah, yeah, they made uh, they made like nine of those fucking movies, so they must have made some kind of bank, like a lot of. Yeah. Oh, it's because they introduced young women to their sexuality. Yeah, that's always a money maker. We got to figure out how to do that. That's we can make and some young men, I should say. Yeah, probably, Mark, <laughs> Mark. I don't think that we, as thirty-seven-year-old men, want to do a podcast where we introduce. I'm not, I'm not talking about podcasts. There. Okay, I'm just, I'm just talking about like writing a series of shitty vampire novels that sell ridiculously well in spite of being horrifically poorly written and still managing to like become a cultural phenomenon. I got to say as a comic book artist, it hurts me kind of right there in the heart. So, yeah, well, I think it hurt a lot of people. If I'm being honest. I think a lot of people were pretty, pretty enraged by how uh, twilight grew and how 50 in turn, how Fifty Shades became the cultural insanity that it yeah. did. Yeah. The the best part, I think, that came out of Twilight, for me, anyway, was all the memes that came out after the fact of Buffy and Blade chasing yes. down <laughs> uh, Robert Pattinson. I don't remember what the character's name was in the book. Edward, I think. Is it Edward? Edward. Yeah. Edward. Good for you, Edward yeah, Cullen. Edward. Yeah, so, like, the two of them, I'm like, that's a movie I would fucking watch. It was, like, Edward Cullen in terror for his life as Wesley Snipes and Sarah Michelle Gellar chase after him in like a buddy cop kind of way. Cause you know, it would be fun to have like super snarky motor mouth Buffy, like working with blade. Who's just like, God damn this skinny white bitch. Like what is happening? And then be super impressed with her, like kicking the shit out of everybody. Cause she's Buffy good movie in there somewhere, especially the end where they kill Edward Cullen. And then just like, yeah, go sep- their separate ways after being like, I don't understand why these vampires sparkle. I'm going to go find real vampires to kill. Cause like, oh yeah i remember watching that scene and when he was like is this what you think we're we're made like this we're horrible and he's like sparkling like diamonds and i was like are no oh no (laughs) like what that's uh that is it's 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 funny because like that's a little bit of the lore that she kind of lifts from Anne rice where like they she describes the vampires in her books like as they age they become more and more kind of like statue like like their skin becomes more and more kind of like like liquid marble or something like that that's how she describes it in the books and like i could see how like stephanie meyer was like i'm gonna steal that bit and make it even more cutesy but like whew, that just really ruins the kind of thing like making them spark i'm like why would a vampire sparkle that's sunlight that is making yep. them sparkle that should hurt them because you're magnifying 
sunlight inside them. Even if it is moonlight, that's still sunlight reflected off well, the moon. You don't, you don't have to convince me how wrong it was. Wow, it's dumb. Like, it's so... It doesn't even make sense in vampire lore terms. Anyway, I could rant about vampire bullshit for like two hours. Why don't we call it a night? You guys are just making me really glad that I uh, did not uh, watch or read any of fucking Twilight. Honestly, you should be. You should be. I uh, I regret it every day. I, I don't. I still think it's it's yeah, it's goofy. Target demographic, though, Christy. Like you are in the target demographic. Yeah, I, I was. Am. I was that target demographic. Like I am so far removed from that target target uh, target demographic that the light from it takes like five million years to get to me. So it does yeah, make it me, me. It makes me laugh though, like how everybody like kind of shamed like Red Twilight. Nobody wanted to admit it that they actually liked it ever, or that they did read it, or they watched the movies. Well, I will admit that I read that first book and was just like, "Whew, this is horrifying." Yeah, I'm glad I'm never going to read any more of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yes, I think with that, we should wrap up. Just wanted to say if, if we would love to hear what your least favorite book series is really, or not book series, um, book to movie. Adaptation. Adaptation. Thank you. That word is escaping me <laughs> so much right now, and I don't know why. So you were the one who said it in the chat first. I know. I know. I know. It's baffling. I know. Anyway. But anyway, uh, we would love to hear what your favorite book to movie adaptation would be um or not your favorite the worst see i can't even get that right oh my brain (laughs) brains so anyway thank you for listening um if this is your first time or your 18th time or your 100th time like whatever uh we're just happy you're here for it and uh you can follow us on social media we're pretty active on facebook are we not doing geek cred oh frick that's my thing You forget it every time. Like every what time is wrong with me right now? I don't know, man. It's pretty funny. Oh. We're, all, we're all pretty out of it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Goodness. I just like basically on the edge of a rage stroke from talking about Transformers movies, but like I'm, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good right now. No, hey, man. I had fun. I need to get that. I need to get that poison out. At least a little bit of it out. Yeah. We're gonna do a purge one day where we like actually. I make Tim watch some of these movies and like we get into it. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Let's do geek cred. Geek cred. So this is the part of the episode where we, the Christy forgets every week, that we <laughs> tell you something that uh, we really enjoyed taking in in the last, you know, last week, and uh, what we think you might enjoy as geeks. And that's about it. It can be book. It can be t- video game. It can be TV. Whatever. So why don't we start with uh, with Mark? Mark, why don't you tell us your geek cred this week? I, I'm recommending something super old. I went back and I've been listening to a podcast called, I'm going to shout them out, but I wasn't prepared. I thought you were going to go to Tim first. Oh. Uh, it's called the Science Fiction Film Podcast. And it's just a bunch of guys who go back and like review like movies that we like, like kind of stuff that we like. And I started from the, the start, uh, the beginning of the podcast. And like they talked about the first Terminator movie, which got me kind of like wanted to watch the first two Terminator movies because there are no other Terminator movies after the second one. Uh. Um, yeah, I know. Right. So I sat down and was like, I watched the first Terminator and I'm I'm kind of holding up because there is a 4K version of Terminator 2 available that I think is the director's cut, which is the only version you should mm. watch is the director's cut, which is amazing. I've never seen the Terminator movies. I know. And that's why I'm doing it as geek because I'm recommending that you watch them both. They're <laughs> fucking awesome movies. Um, but I think everybody should go back and rewatch them. I rewatched Terminator 2 every couple of years or probably the term like those first two movies every couple of years. And I love the shit out of them. But like. Rewatching that first Terminator after having listened to a couple podcasts, like with a lot of background information about it, was a very fascinating kind of experience because there's so much 
just so many weird stories about like the production of that movie and then like the production of the sequel and stuff like that like just how especially in the case of the second movie where it's like still holds up as like a really fucking perfect action movie mm. it's really fascinating to hear like how james cameron kind of came up with the ideas and like how they put together the second movie and like doing all that effects work because it was all very very new effects like all that cgi for the t-1000 like doing the liquid metal stuff was all very new at the time so it was like it, it was cool to listen to these guys who kind of know what they're talking about walk you through the production of the movie and then like talk about the movie itself but then sitting down and watching the movie which is just like the first one is like one of the best slasher movies ever made like it's it's a legit good horror movie and then the sequel's just like balls to the wall insane action from like start to finish (laughs) indeed if you haven't seen terminator 2 you should fucking do yourself a favor and watch that director's cut but make sure you watch the first one first for context they are vastly different movies but they're fucking both amazing so yeah and enjoy uh arnold's performance it's actually interesting to watch him like play the terminator sometimes because like he does such a good job of playing a robot (laughs) that I don't know. It's weird. It's just really weird to see how he does it. So, especially in that first one, he's terrifying in the first one. Like he's so intimidating as a presence. So. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Good yeah. geek cred. Good geek cred. Yeah. So go. You should go watch the Terminator movie so we can talk about <laughs> it at some point because it would be a fun episode to do. I think. Okay. I'll. Uh, yeah. Then we could, you know, just catch up on those movies that have only been out for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the the first Terminator movie is like three years younger than me. Yeah. So. Whoa. Older. Older than Christy. Oh, by by a couple yeah. years. Oh man, I'm a youngin. Not for very long though. Next uh, in a couple months, I'm gonna be thirty. Oh no, we're not gonna have to stop making fun of you. No, we're not. We're never gonna stop making fun of you for being a millennial. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> you are also millennial. Anyway, um, uh, we're on the cusp. We've talked about it. So anyway, 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 anyway. Um, <laughs> Tim, why don't you give us your geek cred? My geek cred this week is I is Monty Python's Flying Circus. I started rewatching it on Netflix nice. recently just because. I needed something just light and happy and, and fun and silly. And that is exactly what Monty Python's Flying Circus is. And a lot of like, there's some of it that maybe is a little like topical and doesn't necessarily hold up, but a lot of it, surprising amount of it really still holds up for yeah. being like 40 fucking years old. It's funny because yeah. we were uh, talking about doing an episode about like Monty Python. So I downloaded all that stuff to rewatch it. And I ended up watching, I didn't end up watching any of the movies. Well, that's not true. I watched Life of Brian again because I love that fucking movie. Um, oh my God. It's so it's funny. funny. So good. Uh, but I ended up watching like just random episodes of Flying Circus because I downloaded like a giant pack of their stuff. And I was like, man, this shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like some of it's dated pretty badly. But like other stuff that's less topical and more just kind of generalized stuff is still yeah. really fucking well put together. So yeah. Yeah. Like if you were to watch like SNL from 40 years ago, like which I have, I've watched uh, most of like the first season of SNL, like a good 50, 60 percent of it is like just it's basically unwatchable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's you know, like political for the time kind of thing. And unless you were living in that climate, you wouldn't really get it. But so much of Monty Python is just it's just mm-hmm. universal. And so, yeah, I highly if uh, if you've never watched Monty Python Flying Circus or if you've only ever seen like, you know, sort of the best bits like yeah. sketch and lumberjack sketch and that kind of thing, like definitely go back and watch because so much of it is really, really good. I was thinking about Faulty Towers the other day, like I should rewatch that. I don't know why it keeps popping. in my. Head. I've never watched all of Faulty Towers. That is one that I it's, should watch. Should watch someday. It. It's pretty fucking good. I like it. It's uh, I've seen an episode here and there, but. Yeah, Chuck Cleese is like, he's a goddamn treasure, that man. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say my 
I, I love Monty Python, but my geek cred this week would be with this podcast I mentioned earlier, actually. My buddies have this really amazing world they've created called Alba Salix. And the other one I'd recommend is The End of Time and Other Bothers. And they all take place in the same universe uh, at different timelines, but they're pretty phenomenal fantasy role-playing games, like or not games, podcasts. And they're just like really, really clean. The audio engineering is really good. The uh, actual voice actors are just phenomenal. And yeah, I just, I've really enjoyed listening to it. There's a few, uh, it's on to season two now for Alba Salix and Other Bothers uh, is coming back or has come back already and it had a small break, but it's just really, really good. And that's the Dungeons and Dragons version. And then you also have everything to do with Alba itself. And it's just really, really good. It's an awesome fantasy space. It's kind of like the Adventure Zone without being the Adventure Zone. Okay, cool, cool. So have you guys listened to the Adventure Zone yet? Uh, no. It's so good. I'm so like behind on podcasts right now. It's crazy. Yeah. The Adventure Zone is one of my personal favorites. I haven't, yeah, I have trouble keeping up with the podcasts I already listened to, and I only listen to a couple, so. Yeah, I listen to a lot, and I <laughs> still, like, yeah, I'm having trouble keeping up right now. I've been doing a lot of audiobook listening at work as opposed to listening to the podcast or yeah. just disappearing back into music, which is always a problem for me, so. <laughs> Well, with that, folks, I think we will call it a night. So, um, like I was saying earlier, womp womp. <laughs> you can find us on social media if you're looking for a way to interact with us. We're on Facebook with Dance Robot Dance Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. You can find us on Google Play and um, iTunes music what's apple it called podcasts <laughs> apple podcast i don't use it apple podcast and all kinds of uh different uh streaming services and we also have our gmail account if you are an email user and that is just dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com and uh yeah i think that about sums it up so with that being said, let's uh, say goodnight, guys. And I hope you have all had a wonderful listen. So let's say goodnight, Tim. Yeah, goodnight. I'm definitely going back to sleep after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> say goodnight, Mark. Uh, goodnight. And I've been Christy. I've been, I've been Christy. I'm no longer Christy. Nope. Christy, Christy is dead. Christy doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Christy only exists when we're recording the podcast. Pretty much. That's about it. But anyway. That's deep. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Getting getting heavy deep and real here but yeah uh yeah i've been christy i've been your host and tune in next week to hear more geeky fun shiz talk to you later guys bye bye